As you turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6, where we are today, I want to say, um, as we honor our mothers on Mother's Day, we're reminded in Scripture that parenting is all about Jesus. We see that parenting is uh, an act of God, saturated in grace, uh, to help us depend on Jesus as we grow to be more like Christ together. Um, So, um, as you turn to Ephesians 6, as we continue in our series on the book of Ephesians, I want to encourage you all, no matter where you are in your stage of life, uh, Scripture is God's Word for us, and there's something here for all of us today. If you are here as a child, um, a young child, or an older child, if you are here as a parent, uh, as a mother, as a not-yet mother, as a soon-to-be mother, um, and even those of you maybe in this room who uh, we realize maybe um, have, have maybe lost your mother uh, this year or um, sometime, uh, when we gather together around God's Word, uh, we understand that it's God's uh, Holy Spirit who speaks through His Word for us. And so we want to be um, engaging in the Scriptures today, uh, no matter what stage of life you're in, as a child, as a parent, uh, whatever that may be. So as you turn uh, to Ephesians chapter 6, As we continue in this series, we see that the Apostle Paul wrote uh, this letter of Ephesians uh, to a young church uh, that was trying to figure out how to live out their identity as Christians. Uh, What does it mean to be a Christian uh, living out as as husbands, as fathers, as wives, as mothers, as children, as people working, as students? Everything, um, at any stage of life we find ourselves in, Scripture will engage and and, um, And so as we look at that today, uh, we see that we find our identity in Christ, and by His Spirit and His grace, we are empowered to live out the roles uh, that that He has for us to live. So with that in mind, let me pray uh, God's blessing on our time uh, together. Uh, Father God in heaven, thank you uh, for this morning as we continue to worship, as we've done so through singing, through prayer, as we will continue to do through communion and fellowship and and now through the reading and proclamation of your word, God, I pray uh, that your Holy Spirit would dwell here with us, that you would stir up our hearts and minds toward you, that you would give us an understanding of the scriptures uh, and how it applies for us today. God, may you transform us to be more like Jesus. May we depend wholly on him for our salvation, for our renewal, uh, for our obedience and acceptance in you, Jesus. We thank you, and uh, God, I pray you bless our time this morning. In Christ's name, amen. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. This is God's word. We see Scripture, the good news of Jesus, in the book of Ephesians today, gives us all explicit instruction. gives us all a command. But these commands are not left without a promise of hope. Because we see the good news of the Gospel is that instruction and commands come with it a promise. And that promise is what gives us hope and empowers us to obedience. Often we find ourselves caught up in, in trying to uh, want to obey or to do things in order to please God so that he would accept us and love us. But we, need the, we, we see the power of the gospel, the good news, is that uh, in Christ we are loved and accepted by God. So it's no longer we try to obey the commands of God in order to be accepted, but rather because we are accepted and loved by God, 
we therefore obey. And this plays out in every area of life, as men, as women, boys, girls, as husbands, fathers, as wives and mothers, and as we will see in parenting, not only for the children, but for the parents as well. We see God's grace to parents and to children in the relationship between mothers and sons and fathers and daughters. So as we look at these few verses today, I want us to see first there is a command to children. If you're here today and you're a child, no matter of what age, there's a command for you and I. right? The first command to children says this, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and you may live long in the land. You see, the first command to children here is that as children we obey our parents in the Lord. Now, I love that statement there because in the Lord means that we see God as our ultimate authority in parenting and in the parental relationship. We trust that God has placed us in the family relationships for our good and for his glory. So you may be here today thinking, man, I I had a rough childhood. My parents just were not uh, really that godly. Maybe you're here and you are estranged from your mother or father. Or maybe you're here as a mother or father and you have a wayward child that, that... doesn't want to obey you, no matter what age, as a three-year-old or a 30-year-old, right? And so we, we come to Scripture and say, well, the Bible says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Now we see in the context of Scripture here that, that we have seen over the past several Sundays as we've unpacked the book of Ephesians, uh, even in chapter 5, that, that we in Christ are beloved children of God that we are to be imitators of God, that we are to walk in love as as Christ loved us, that we are to live in such a way as children of light, not children of darkness, that we are to look carefully how we walk, how we live life in wisdom, how we are to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God, that we are to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Here the Apostle Paul has set the stage for us to say, look, this is something cosmic we find ourselves in. Every relationship is ordained by God. God places you in these relationships as husbands and wives and mothers and fathers and children and and in the workplace and in school. And he does so in such a way that we may rely on Jesus and also be stewards of grace to where he has placed us. Figuring out the the grace-based relationships that we are to have, this dance, so to speak. And so here the Apostle Paul says, children... Obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Recognizing that no matter what your relationship looks like, no matter how faulty your parents may be, God has somehow ordained this in such a way that your parents that he gave you is for his glory and for your good. And sometimes that's hard for us to understand. He actually breaks out the Old Testament on us here and says, Honor your father and mother I mean, this is a command from the book of Exodus. We see in the, in the Ten Commandments that, that we are to honor our father and mother. That means to treat with proper respect. That honor and that obedience is not first and foremost based on the person's action, but rather recognizing the God-ordained role that he gave parents. 
Are you following with me? We saw this a little bit last week, too, when we talked about husbands and wives. I mean, the way that husbands are to lead and love and serve their wives and the, and the way that wives are to submit to their own husbands comes not because we as people are all that and perfect. On the contrary, rather we understand that God has ordained and orchestrated certain roles as faulty and flawed as we may be in order to uh, have us lean on Christ. Have us trust Jesus. Have us to be led by the Spirit and to relationally figure out how the gospel plays out together. So the first instruction here to children is to obey your parents in the Lord. Because this is the, the Lord is the ultimate authority in all marriage and family. To honor them, to treat with proper respect. That means to uh, salute the uniform even if it doesn't make sense in the moment to understand that God has given you the mother or father for his glory and for your good. This was such a serious thing. I mean, the Apostle Paul quotes the book of Exodus, quotes one of the Ten Commandments here, to honor your father or mother that it may go well with you. Uh, This takes us back to the time of Exodus when God had set his people free from bondage in Egypt, was leading them to a land that he had promised them and says, things will go well there for you. So obey your mother and father. I'm going to give you this land. You will flourish. Things are going to be amazing. I will be with you. My presence will be dwelling with you as my people. Obey your parents. Honor your parents. It was such a serious role that actually if you look in Exodus 21 and Leviticus 20, children could be put to death for disobeying and dishonoring their parents. That's pretty serious. It's actually kind of scary. I have four children, and I think, wow, if we were in Old Testament times, I could say, put your shoes on. No. All right, let's go out back. And that's kind of scary. But we see that the gospel, the good news of Jesus, changes everything. We see that children are to obey the parents in the Lord, for this is right, not because parents are perfect, but because they serve a perfect Lord. We see that we are to honor our father and mother, not because they in and of themselves are worthy of honor, but rather they have been redeemed and and, and placed there by God for His glory and for our good. Therefore, in obeying our parents, we are obeying the Lord. That in honoring our mother and father, we are honoring the Lord. And there comes with this command the great promise that it may go well with you, that you may live long in the land. So friends, As we gather here today and we see that our identity in Christ is that we are beloved children of God, we understand that the command to children, no matter what age, is that we obey our parents, that we honor our father and mother, for this is right. This is a command from the Lord, even if we don't understand. There's a story of a man who lived in the woods, Maybe he was kind of a hermit type. I don't know. He probably had a huge beard and an axe and was just like, I'm living in the woods, right? Making moonshine. This man lived in the woods in a cabin alone. And next to his little cabin was this huge boulder. And this boulder was massive. It was larger than a school bus. And one day, the man's walking through the woods, and Jesus comes to him and says, Man, I want you to go over and push that boulder with all your might. And I want you to do that every day. I want you to get up in the morning and go outside and push against that boulder. 
And so the man wanted to obey Jesus, and so he decided to do what Jesus said. And the man goes outside and pushes against the boulder with all his might. And he does this every day, all day, for a year. At the end of that year, the man gets up one morning, and Jesus is standing outside next to the boulder, and he says, well done. And the man said, Jesus, I've been pushing this boulder for a year. I haven't budged it an inch. And Jesus said, the point was not that you would move the boulder. I I could do that. I'm Jesus. But because you obeyed me for the past year, you got some killer muscles and a great tan. Now, when we look at that, we see that in the moment, the man didn't know why he was to push against the boulder. He was thinking, my job is to push that boulder to move it because Jesus needs me to move this boulder. But we see at the end of the day, Jesus could have moved the boulder like that. He made the boulder. He could have said, boulder, move, boom. But rather, God, in his kindness to the man, used the boulder-pushing scenario to build some muscles in the guy so that he could get a tan. Stories about me. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But the point of obedience, whether we see it or not, the point of obedience is to know that God is doing something in us. Sometimes he does stuff through us, but sometimes God has us obeying his commandments because he loves us, because he wants to grow us, to build us, to change us. Just like the man needed muscles, needed a tan. Likewise, children, when you are commanded to obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right, you may not understand why, but at the end of the day, it's for your good. It's for God's glory. God is doing something in you, through your obedience, through your honoring of your parents, to build you up to be more like Jesus. And that's good news. That's good news for children, and it's good news for parents. Because the command to obey and the command to honor is something that carries with us, carries with it the promise that things would go well and that we may live long in the land. And that's what I want, don't you? Okay, I'll take that as a yes. But secondly, we see there's not only a command to children to obey and to honor, there's also a command to parents here. And again, I want you to track with me. If you're here and you're not a parent yet, track with me. Because there's something here for you as well, even if you don't have children. Okay, the command of Scripture says this in verse 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Now, if you're here and you're a wife and you're a mom, this applies to you as well, because the way Scripture was written here in the context, as Paul is speaking to fathers, he's not dismissing mothers at all. If you read all of chapter 5, he had just said, hey, look, men, women, husbands, wives, there are are relational roles that together you have to function in this way. And then you get to verse 4, and he says, fathers. Now, somebody said, well, that's just because men are just hot-headed. Well, um, no, actually... He's speaking to fathers because we see relationally that the father is responsible for the well-being of the whole family. Okay, And so when he's speaking to fathers here to not provoke their children in anger, there's something for you too, wives and moms. There's something there for you too. The Apostle Paul is is speaking the words of God to fathers just because if you read chapter 5, the father is like, you know, the... The, the ringleader of, of the well-being of the whole household and the whole family. So he, he just starts there, just and it's understood that by implication, the parental unit is on board. You're with me? You are. Good. Fathers. So fathers, 
Do not provoke your children to anger. This is hard for me. I'm a father. I have four wonderful children. I never want to provoke my children to anger. I don't want to discourage their hearts. I want to encourage them. And so we see what, what it means to provoke somebody can be done in different ways. It doesn't mean like you're a bully to your kid. It can mean that. I mean, maybe some of you guys had a father that was a bully. I don't know. But provoking your children to anger can also mean uh, being passive, being foolish, being unwise with your time. We, we see chapter 5 was talking all about that. Like, do not be unwise with your time. Do not walk as foolish. Do not uh, be passive. Do not walk in darkness, but, but actually walk in wisdom. Walk uh, with with. with empowered by the Holy Spirit, walk in such a way uh, that you are honoring the Lord as children of light and submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So you see in the context, it, it all comes back to, hey, how are you doing, men as husbands and, uh, and women as wives? How, how is that, is that help shaping your children in such a way? You don't want to provoke them to anger. You don't want them to be frustrated. Or you want them to be encouraged. He says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. So men, we need to get with it, right? Women, we need to work with our husbands and, and figure this out so our children will not be provoked, will not be discouraged, will not be frustrated. And we see the instruction is, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So I want us to see how the, the bookends are working here. The first instruction to children to obey parents and to honor them is in the Lord. You got that? Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Right? This is, some, this is God's doing. So children, this is God's doing. So as you obey your parents, you are obeying the Lord. As you honor your parents, you are honoring the Lord. So in the Lord, children, you are to do this. You get down to fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So children, it's all about Jesus. Parents, it's all about Jesus. And as parents, we are to bring them up, our children, in the discipline of and instruction of the Lord. Now this is where a riot may break out here, depending on how many parents are in the room. So, let's not do that. Discipline and instruction are very, very misunderstood concepts. I mean, in just the secular world of parenting, there are different theories and methods to discipline and instruct your children, but we got the Bible, so we'll just stay with that, okay? Because I'm not going to knock on anybody's parenting style. I'm just going to tell you what the Bible says to do and let you run with it, okay? You with me? All the mamas in the house, you with me? Daddies, you with me? Those who are not yet parents but maybe one day will be, you with me? Because even if you're not a parent, this is about Jesus, so stay with me. All right. Bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. We'll start with discipline. Sometimes the word discipline carries with it negative connotations, like discipline means to just spank constantly or to uh, be harsh or to be heavy-handed. Often we maybe think of more of a military style of, of you know, the lords of discipline, kind of like... 
All right, that, that fits in the context of maybe the military, in the context of uh, training for sports and stuff. But the word discipline in Scripture that's used here is the same word for where we get disciple. It means to be a follower. It means to be a student, somebody that is coming alongside of a teacher to learn and grow and become more like the teacher. It's not a heavy-handed authoritarian structure that, that is harsh and fall in line or else. It's rather to discipline someone is to call them alongside and say, because of your identity and because of this role that's been given by God, we're going we're to walk this way like this. And together we will grow and become more like Jesus. Scripture says that is how we are to relate to children as parents. It is not strict behavior modification but rather character development. Rather, let me show you how to lean on Jesus. Discipline is, hey, my son, I want to show you how to repent. You know why? Because I just messed up, and I want to show you how to do that. It's, uh, hey, little lady, my little daughter, um, I just realized something I said hurt your feelings. I want to show you how to ask forgiveness. Will you forgive me for hurting your feelings? Okay. It is saying... Kids, I have to make a decision, and you're not going to understand it, but God in his sovereignty and sense of humor has given me the authority as the father of this household to make this decision. Therefore, we're going to McDonald's, you know, or whatever it may be. You see, discipline is from where we get the word disciple. It is an identity reminder, not behavior modification. It's not, you better shape up if you're going to be my son. It is not, no girl, mm-mm, no, you, mm-mm. It is saying, look, uh, because you are my child, because I love you, I want to remind you of your identity as my child and moreover your identity in Christ. And together we're going to lean on Jesus and grow to be more like him. So you're going to have to trust me because God gave me this role. Isn't that fun? Now some of you are sitting in this room saying, you've not been to my house. I'm like, you're right. You've not been to my house. I got four kids. Easier said than done. But this is the instruction of Scripture to discipline our children. Because a, dis- a disciple is one who becomes more like a teacher. Likewise, we are to instruct our children. So Scripture says, bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So it's not only about, hey, let me remind you of your identity and let me help shape your character as we grow together leaning on Jesus, but there's also some instruction. Instruction is, is in part passing along information, but it doesn't end there. Because often we think, well, if I'm going to be a disciple, I need to do X, Y, and Z, behavior modification, and I need to fill my head with knowledge and information. That's instruction. Therefore, I'm a disciple. And that's really what parenting is, by the way. Here at Redemption Church, we value discipleship because we value families. Families is a, is a great opportunity for discipleship, right? Discipleship is not, discipline is not about behavior modification, but growing together and identity. And instruction is not only filling your head with knowledge, but it is the application of that information, right? And so if you have a six-year-old that can like, you know, recite the Torah in Hebrew, that's awesome. That's fantastic. But the true 
fruition of that instruction that Scripture says here is how that person applies that information to life. So, follow with me here. Instruction is not just telling your kids, this is right, this is wrong, do that. But rather, okay, as disciples together, I'm going to come alongside you and I'm going to tell you what the truth of the gospel is. I'm going to instruct you, I'm going to teach you the Bible, and then I'm going to help you apply it. Because it's not just about the information, it's about the application for transformation, right? That's what discipleship is about. That is what parenting is about. This is what Scripture has been screaming for generations, for thousands of years. So here we are, and let's pretend we're in the first century with the church in Ephesus. We're like, all right, we're, we're trying to be good parents. We're trying to be good Christians. How do we do this? And Scripture says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Here's some old school Exodus. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and you may live long in the land. Fathers, and by implication, parents in general, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Instruction, again, is proclaiming of information, but helping apply it. And this goes back thousands of years to the book of Deuteronomy. For instance, chapter 6 of Deuteronomy, thousands of years before the time Uh, thousands of years ago and um, several generations before the time of Jesus, says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. They shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on your doorposts of your house and on your gates. That's a beautiful instruction to families that we would be so diligently teaching uh, that our households would be so saturated with the Word of God that we would be so diligently talking about what the Lord is doing in our midst, growing us as disciples and as discipline, and that we would be talking about Scripture, that's instruction, and, and saying, look, I want to help you, son. Uh, when we, when, I mean, I, my children can memorize verses. I mean, they know John 3.16. They, they can memorize these verses and recite them, and, and that is not the fulfillment of instruction, right? I'm going to say, I want to instruct my kids. What's John 3.16? For God's love of the world. Awesome. Okay, that's, that's part way of instruction. But the next step of instructing your children is, okay, so son, how does that apply to you? You're three. <laughs> Let me help you understand the love of God as a three-year-old. We could talk about forgiveness in Scripture, but at the end of the day, I want to model forgiveness to my daughters, I want to model humility to my son. I want to model confidence in his identity as as a man created by God. I want my daughters to be secure as, as young ladies created and valued by the Lord of the universe. That's instruction. It comes not only from talking about it, but displaying it. Like you've got to show it to them. That's why Scripture says fathers do not provoke your children to anger because I could yell 
the Ten Commandments at the top of my lungs as a very harsh man. Thou shalt not. Is that instruction? No. That is not teaching my kids to lean on Jesus. That's not teaching kids to... I don't do that, by the way. But I know I'm prone to. Because behavior modification is a heck of a lot easier than like grace-based parenting. Don't you think? It's like, kid, don't say that again and see what happens. Isn't that easy? Hey, Dad, mm-hmm, say it again and see what happens. That's so easy. You know what's hard? It's saying, son, come here. Sit on my knee. Why did you take that from your sister? Was it in that moment that you desired that toy more than you desired the joy of your, your sister? That's, a, that's not a made-up scenario. This happens around my house. And it's hard to do, don't you think? Like, wouldn't it be easier to say, take that toy again and I'm going to spank you and send you to your room? I've said that before. I said, if you take that toy away, I'm taking away all your toys. You'll never see them again. I don't exaggerate anything ever. So what I want us to see is that when Scripture says to raise up your children in the discipline and instruction of the Lord, Lord, it's not behavior modification, but it's exposing your children to the goodness of God. It's teaching them about the grace of God and showing them how that grace is changing you. Right? This applies to all of us, whether you're a mom or dad or wife or husband, single person. It's a great opportunity to reflect the gospel. Because we see the instruction here is children obey and honor their parents, and as fathers, don't provoke their children, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Right in the middle of that set of verses is the promise that we cling to. That it may go well with you. So that's where we find ourselves next, because I want us to see that there's a reason that promise is in the middle of those two commands. I mean, do you see this is like a beautiful picture? You have a bookend of in the Lord. You've got in the Lord, children obey and honor. And then over here, in, of the Lord, parents are to not provoke to anger, but to discipline and instruct. So you've got these two bookends for children and parents in the Lord. And right in the middle of that is the promise that it may go well with you. Now, this is where it gets really exciting. That it may go well with you does not mean life is going to be easy all the time. That it may go well with you does not mean you will be rich and well-liked. That you will have 42 friends on Facebook. No, that it may go well with you is not only a long, good life, but that phrase means that your life will be saturated with the presence of God. That's what that means. Read through Scripture, and any time in the Old Testament, God's like, I want things to go well with you. It's always like, it's going to go well with you because I am with you. He'll just say, I want you to go invade that land. It will go well because I am fighting with you. You will never be alone. It's going to go well with you. Those promises of that it may go well are always coupled with the presence of God with us. And so, friends, this is where I get excited is because I want you to know that in your parenting and as children, as you relate to your parents, As you do these things, you don't have to be afraid to obey your parents or to honor your parents. You don't have to be um, cowardly parents to not or lazy to not discipline or instruct because that's a hassle. It's better just to say, "Boom." No, we approach the obedience to God's command with a promise that God's presence is with us. You are not alone, children. You are not alone in your parenting, parents. 
families, you're not doing this on your own. The Lord promises to be with you as you do this, that it may go well with you. The great news of this is that we don't have to do this on our own. Matthew 28, in the Great Commission, we see that Jesus promises His presence with His disciples. It says, Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Me. Go therefore and make disciples. That means discipline, right? Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. That's instruction, right? Instructing. Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So I want you to track with me here. In the Bible, you have the Old Testament where God gives a bunch of commands and says, do this so that it may go well. I'm with you to help this happen. We get to Jesus and Jesus says, make disciples, teaching them. Like Discipline and instruction is part of the commission here. And I'm with you always. Always. My presence is with you always. And then we get to Ephesians and we hear about husbands and wives being imitators of God, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Because that's that's God's presence with us, man. Being filled with the Holy Spirit so that things may go well with us. And we see the promise in parenting is that children obey and honor and, and, and parents discipline and instruct that it may go well with you. That phrase means God's presence is with you. Holy cow, blowing my mind. This is a promise that Jesus himself secures for us is that the promise that things would go well and that God is with us is not dependent on our obedience, but rather it has been secured by Jesus for us. Therefore, we obey. Therefore, we honor. Therefore, we instruct. Therefore, we discipline. Right? There's a great book called Give Them Grace that looks like this. And this is one of my favorite parenting books. I've read like a bunch ever since we had kids. The first thing I did was cry and then laugh and then cry again and then read the Bible, pray, cry some more, and then buy a lot of books on parenting. Because uh, I felt totally overwhelmed. Like, you know, who am I to raise a child and another one and another, and another one? Great. Who am I to raise four kids, right? Like, God, are you sure? But this great book called Give Them Grace dazzling your kids with the love of Jesus. It's one of my favorite parenting books. And in it, the author says this, the promises of life for obedience are not meant to build up our self-confidence. They're meant to make us long for obedience. And then when we fail again, they're meant to crush us and drive us to Christ. So the promise in parenting that it may go well, that God's presence is with you, is not based on you children perfectly obeying your parents or wonderfully honoring your parents. It's not based on you fathers not provoking your kids to anger. Parents, moms, dads, the promise that it would go well, that God's presence will be with you, is not based on how well you discipline or how perfectly you instruct. The gospel is good news of grace 
that in your failure as a child, that in your failure as a mom, that in your failure as a father, as a husband, as a wife, does not separate you from the love of God in Christ. And this is the essence of parenting. That every step of the way, as you fail as a parent, you can model it's the best way to instruct your kids and discipline your kids is to, when you drop the ball and you blow it, you can model repentance and trust in Jesus. Forgiveness and grace. You can pray with your kids. You can open scripture and say, hey, son, I'm trying to figure this out too. Daughter, you know what? I blew this. Scripture says don't provoke your children to anger. I know what I said hurt your feelings. I know it frustrated you. I know it didn't really explain why I made that decision. But do so with confidence. Do so with joy, knowing that it will go well because the Lord is with you. So at the end of the day, this is how we're going to wrap it up. What I want you to know is that in parenting, even though you don't understand, and many of you feel like you're still stuck on the pushing the rock thing. You're thinking, man, I've been raising kids for years. I'm teenagers. I feel like I'm pushing a boulder. It's not going anywhere. So parents... Trust that through your parenting, God is using you to shape those children to be more like Jesus. But God is using those children to shape you to be more like Jesus. And sometimes that hurts a little bit. Church family, if you're here and you're not a parent, you don't have kids, you're thinking, all right, I'm trying to follow this. What does this have to do with me? Let me tell you. We have a pile of children at this church. You're, you're about to meet like some more of them. I mean, they're like gremlins. Maybe you feed them after midnight, get them wet. It's like, dude, I don't even know. Friends, I want to encourage you with something. When we read the book of Ephesians, what I want us to see is it's not a collection of instruction to, all right, if you're a husband, this is for you. If you're a wife, this is for you. If you're a child, this is for you. Parents, this is for you. It's God's word for all of us. It, it, it all applies to all of us because the Apostle Paul wrote by the Holy Spirit this instruction to a church, just like us. Parents, the way you parent your children will shape this church. Children, the way you obey and honor your parents will shape this church. People who don't have kids, you have a great opportunity as well. Because when we look at the command to Discipline and instruct in the Lord. Those are the same words to make disciples and to teach all that Jesus commanded. It's the same, it's the same intent as the Great Commission from Jesus. So, children are a future. We love them at Redemption Church. And I want to encourage you as parents to grow in grace as parents together. Connect with other parents. May we sharpen each other to lead our little ones to Jesus so that they will lead others to Jesus. If you don't have kids, invest in parents. They could use your support, man. Yesterday, a sweet couple in this church watched our kids for an hour, and it changed my weekend. So thank you. You can invest in the kids in Redemption Kids Ministry. You can make some disciples for an hour on Sunday. And they will eat it up. And God will change you because of it. And change them because of it. So, happy Mother's Day and go sign up for Redemption Kids. In closing, I want to read one thing to you. 
as we reflect on the gospel of we obey because we're accepted and loved, not we must obey so that we can be loved and accepted by God. That's what we reflect to our kids, right? I mean, the gospel is not Jesus will accept you if you obey, and he'll love you if you obey, right? No, it is Jesus loves you and accepts you, therefore obey. That's what we model to our kids, parents. And everything we do, may we have grace-saturated, Christ-reliant parenting. And it will be awesome. In closing, I want to read you this paragraph from the book, Give Them Grace. It says, Raising good, excuse me, Raising good kids is utterly impossible unless they are drawn by the Holy Spirit to put their faith in the goodness of another. You cannot raise good kids because you're not a good parent. There is only one good parent. And he had one good son. Together, this father and son accomplished everything that needed to be done to rescue us and our children from certain destruction. When we put our faith in him, he bestows the benediction upon us. These are my beloved children with whom I am well pleased. Give this grace to your children. Tell them who they really are. Tell them what they need to do. And then tell them to taste and see that the Lord is good. And give this grace to yourself too. Let me pray. God, thank you for your goodness to us. God, thank you that in Christ we are beloved children. God, I thank you that by your grace, in your goodness, You orchestrate relational roles as husbands and wives and mothers and fathers and sons and daughters. And God, I pray that in and through these relationships, you would give us such grace to steward to one another. God, that we would have such reliant trust, such relational faith and confidence in Jesus as our Savior and Rescuer, that we would be empowered by your Holy Spirit, to do what you command. As children, we would obey and honor our parents. God, for those of us in this room who have godly parents, and that may seem easy, Lord, give us uh, the grace to obey and honor our parents. God, for those in this room who have hard parental relationships, that have hard relationship with their mom and dad, or, or maybe a severed relationship, God, I pray for comfort, I pray for peace. I pray that the promise that it would go well with them would be reminded in their brains and hearts constantly that that promise is secured in Christ. And God, that you would give my brothers and sisters uh, hope and joy and and, and ways to uh, show honor to their parents in a way that would honor you. God, for those in this room who have kids, Lord, I pray that you would give us great wisdom as moms and dads, that we would raise our kids in such a way that to discipline and instruct them, to, to point them to you, Jesus, as our only hope and Savior. And, and God, that together as parents and kids, we would grow to be more like Jesus, that our households would be saturated with the grace of God, that we would experience the presence of the Lord, that it may go well with us. And Jesus, I thank you that you have secured that promise for us. And for God, God, for our Uh, Brothers and sisters in this room, maybe who are 
uh, not yet married or maybe do not have children, uh, God, I pray that by your grace and by your spirit, you would encourage them as brothers and sisters in the Lord, as children of the King, and God, as those who you have given grace to, to steward to the little ones in our church family. And God, I pray that uh, they would be encouraged with their role to make disciples and to instruct even the little ones among us. So God, you're good to us. In all things, we pray that you receive the glory and that we get the joy that it may go well with us. We thank you in Christ's name. Amen.